0: Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Rasta Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including TH Seeds, Swamp Boys Genetics, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host, my friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 698 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a couple of grow questions. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Black Hippie. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Alabama Man and Jethro Earl. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to my buddy 311. Let's send a fist bump to Crazy Hand Grows. I want to send a thank you shout out to Spherical Glassworks. Let's send a big fist bump to a longtime supporter, a good friend, my buddy Gramps Memel. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to the Turt Burglar. Let's send a fist bump to Verbal Medicine and Single T. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Bro Hand 78 Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. And yes, I will put that information in the show notes properly, the show notes properly and correctly this time I will remember to do that. Thank you for the gentle and subtle reminders. All right, where do we go from there? Let's just jump right into it. I've got a message from a previous episode. In the last episode, I talked about my strain, Grateful Dog. I talked about an offshoot of Grateful Dog that is known as 77. If you listen to the episode, you know what I'm talking about. If not, give it a listen. It's the episode right before this titled Grateful Dog. You might enjoy it. This question goes like this. It came from our friend Old Ball Coach, and it says, Can we in the Irie Army expect anything from number 77 in the near future? Thanks for what you do. Uh, and then there's more. It says, don't read this part on the air. So I won't read that part. Thank you for that message. I did read that part to myself. Big respect, nothing but love. Uh, the answer to your question, though, is uh, quick. Now, nah, I don't have any plans for number 77 for any, uh, commercial breeding releases. Sometimes I do make and create projects that, uh, kind of stick around and they stay for myself, for me to breed with, for me to work with 77 so far has been kept a secret, kept in the, uh, the private reserve in the vault. If you will, I have to have some things that I don't release. I have to have some things that I can use as breeding stock in the future. If I release everything, uh, you've got the potential to recreate everything in my lineup. You could possibly recreate everything that I've put out there. If you acquired the right strains, did a little bit of homework, did some research, did some pheno hunting, did some matching, you could make a lot of my line. However, I do have some things that I've bred that I have never put out there. I've got male plants that I've used that I've never put out any of the seeds. I've got female plants I've pollinated that nobody has ever seen those crosses. I've got kind of a secret arsenal, my uh, secret weapons, my hidden vault. Uh, Not everything makes it out. So there are some things that have been played with with 77, but nothing that will go out uh, commercially uh, in the foreseeable future. Although uh, the market changes, my ideas change, my opinions change. Sometimes you notice that I, uh, I realize that some seeds have been sitting in the vault in my secret stash in my private reserve for far too long, and I begin to feel guilty about that. And I think those need to get out to some friends, and I will put those up, uh, make them available for people in certain avenues and certain places. Most likely the Discord server, uh, but that is how I end up getting rid of some stuff like that sometimes. So maybe eventually one day uh, I'll decide that I've had some of those number seventy-seven cross to. Uh, I'm not even going to say what they've been pollinated by or. Uh, Anyway, uh, we don't need to talk about that. I almost, I almost decided to go up that route, but, uh, maybe one day I'll release some of those 77 seeds through, uh, some of the avenues that we do on discord or other things like that. But right now there are no plans, no intentions. That is one of my hidden gems, secret vaults, uh, secret weapons, private reserves. Uh, once everybody is tired of all these stuff that I'm putting out, once King Solomon runs his course and gets boring, Uh, Once the Jack the Ripper mail gets boring, once the Blueberry Cookies mail gets boring, once the Golden Goat mail gets boring, so we've got a lot of stuff to run through, then maybe we may play with some of the stuff from 77. Uh, I've pollinated that with a couple of things, maybe in the future. All right, now I'm just rambling at this point. The quick answer, nah, bro, no plans to put that one out to the public. Got to have some private reserves, some secret stash. All right, let me cut myself off from a ramble and get to the next email here in today's episode. This one came from our friend, how did they sign this one? This one came from Brian420, big shout out to our buddy Brian420, thank you for the great message. This one goes a little bit like this, it says, hey Rasta Jeff, I love your podcast, you deliver well-structured, accurate, and free cannabis knowledge, and we appreciate it. Dude, I appreciate that compliment, that's uh, basically exactly what I'm trying to do, deliver structured cannabis content that uh, new growers, pro growers, that every grower can understand. I want to entertain and educate the guys in the trim room all the way to the guys in the lead of the grow, maybe even entertain the investors and the owners, maybe even encourage and educate some people who are just curious about cannabis. So what was the old phrase? Uh, If you're a new grower, pro grower, Uh, I don't even remember what we used to say, old school smoker or new smoker, or even just curious about the current state of cannabis, some shit like that. That's what I used to say at the start of the show. I want everybody to feel included, involved, and participate. Uh, Somebody said that I do talk to you guys uh, like you've never grown before, and I said that's a good thing because many of you out there never have grown before. But I also try to include subjects, topics, and details that will keep even the most experienced, seasoned veteran growers entertained. I'm rambling once again, but welcome to the show. If you didn't know I was going to ramble, you must be new here. Thank you for the compliment, brother. That's where I'm headed. It goes on. It says, I've received a pack of Starstruck seeds. Good selection. I believe those are sold out in most venues. I don't have any more. I'm not going to make any more, so you were lucky to have those. It says, I've been growing and just wanted to send you an update. I appreciate that. I also must say that the pheno I have is perfectly structured. a perfectly structured plant. It's beautiful from the aroma to structure and resistance. I can't wait to... Oh, we're going to skip that. I can't wait to send you some flower pics. I thought you were going to say you're going to send me flower. Wasn't going to read that on the air. It says, can't wait to send you some flower pics as well as try to self and reverse her with my uh, motivation pheno I've been working with. All right, I had to change pages here. So there's a lot going on there. He says that the starstruck plant is perfectly structured. Uh, That is part of why I selected it. The star dog plant they worked with that was beautifully structured it was one of my favorite in the commercial grow uh, it gave a very nice structure, very wonderful aroma, beautiful bag appeal. And like you said here, it was resistant to problems. Uh, in a commercial grow, we would experience a myriad of problems throughout the seasons. We'd get mites, powdery mildew. There's always something to learn how to battle in a new grow. And the Star Dog just didn't seem to get it. That's part of why I decided to uh, kidnap that plant and breed it, uh, breed with it, put it in my breeding program. It was a great plant, just the original mom plant. Uh, that's where a lot of these uh, traits are coming from is from that original star dog. Then like, I like to say, arise King Solomon, that dude is just the fixer. That is the turbocharger. That's like, uh, sending it to training camp. Any plant you uh, put in the room with that, it just went through a six week camp and it'll come out ready for fighting. Uh, it's ready to make weight, ready to tap a motherfucker out. I am rambling. It's been a good day. been smoking all the good shit. Let me find out where I am in this message. I'm on page two. So our friend has found a Star Dog pheno they love. They're considering reversing it, preserving it, and crossing it with their motivation phenotype they have been working with. Then it says keep up the awesomeness. P.S. A quick question. This is where the fun part comes in. Does a plant, does a plant's structure change with maturity? And then he says, an example, nodes changing from growing across from one another to staggered node spacing. I ask because I've experienced something similar with a starstruck clone. It looks structurally different from the parent plant. What do you think? That's a very good question, Brian. I've got a couple of different theories here, a couple of uh, things that could be happening possibly. My first question, my first theory, my first idea, the very first thing that comes to mind is where did you cut the clones from? If you cut it from the main meristem, you're probably going to get the symmetry, the symmetrical branching. That was harder than it looked to say symmetrical branching. Uh, You'll get that from the main meristem. However, if you cut from some of the side branches, then maybe you'll get some shoots or maybe even the opposite on some plants. It kind of depends on how the plant grows. But uh, from most of my experience, if you cut the top, you're going to get the symmetry. If you come from the sides, you may get that uh, the opposites, which you're talking about. Staggered node spacing is what you're saying. I think my first uh, suspicion is that it would come from location in which those plants uh those clones particular clones were cut i have no evidence of that i wasn't there i didn't see anything i've got very uh little information to go on i've got about a paragraph about 3 sentences here to work with so that is my first guess then <clears throat> then let's just talk about some other phenomenon uh that could be happening there phenomena phenomenon things that could be happening there i try to sound like a professional sometimes i don't know what the hell i'm even saying Uh, Some other things that we should keep in mind is just phenotypical expression. Has the room changed? Is the environment different? That could make a big difference in the way that the plant grows. I don't know that that would necessarily change the, uh, the staggered node spacing, but that is going to make a difference in the way that the plant would grow in a different room. I just want to talk about that because that's a fun avenue to go down. Phenotypical expression. If we took the same plant and we cut 10 clones and we didn't take one out of the main meristem, we took it from the branches all around the sides. We had 10 beautiful clones. We gave them to 10 different growers to put in 10 different rooms. We may see 10 wildly different results. The flowers are going to look, smell, taste, uh, and affect us all differently based on things and their growth. First of all, we've got, uh, so there's like lights, air, water, soil, all that stuff to think about. The light is probably our first factor. Uh, One person a lot of people nowadays will probably grow under an LED. Some people are going to grow under ceramic metal halides. Somebody will grow under an HPS light. Somebody's going to grow still under a fucking stolen street light that they got from way back in the day. Uh, somebody's going to use some cheap ass blurple light. Somebody's going to use the most expensive fucking LED on the market. So that's lighting. That's Right there, we've got so many variables. The guy using that HPS that he stole compared to the guy using the super expensive LED, uh, he's got that R switch on there, so he's giving him far red light. Uh, way different uh, effects from those lights compared to these. Uh, the stolen shop light and a way different effect compared to all of those compared to that ceramic metal halide. Maybe someone's running a T5 the whole grow. Lots of variables for lighting that's going to give us uh, different shapes, different structures, uh, different bud density is going to be something we definitely notice from that then let's talk about air. It is definitely going to be a different uh, temperature and different humidity, different basic VPD in every grow. It's going to be a couple of points off no matter which grow we go to. Either the temperature will be different, the humidity will be different, the diurnal swings will be different. It's going to be different in every grow. I promise you, all of the grows you'll have noticeable differences. That is going to affect plant structure, leaf shape and size. Bud density, bud size, flavor, terpenes, aroma, stickiness of the overall final product. That's going to have a big role in your whole room. The VPD makes a big difference. You got 10 different rooms. One guy, the guy running that stolen HPS, he's probably got a hot room also. His buds are going to get fluffy. He's going to encourage more uh, limonene production. He's going to have taller, more slender plants. The guy with the uh, the plant with the R switch on his LED, his plants are going to be shorter, squattier. Uh, maybe better node spacing, maybe denser buds. There's going to be differences throughout just because of the lighting and the way that the humidity are affecting each other. I'm saying there's going to be a lot of variables. Let me get to the point here because I can ramble on this forever. Uh, We've still got nutrients to talk about. We've got soil to talk about. It could be cocoa. It could be hydroponic. All of these things are going to make a difference in how the plants perform. You'll see different growth structures, shapes. Uh, The leaves can change size and shape. Not completely drastically, but they can Uh, show you a little bit thinner leaf in a higher uh, humidity environment, a thicker leaf in a lower, maybe even the opposite. It's all about where the plant came from and how it is replying or reacting or responding to the environment which you have now stuck that plant in. That is the phenotypical expression that you're going to see. So uh, what you could be seeing, the short version of what I'm trying to say is this could just be phenotypical expression. Maybe the room has changed. Maybe you're growing it in a different room than you did before. Uh, Maybe it's just changed. Also, this plant is aging in life. If you're taking a clone from a plant and taking a clone from a plant, the plant is continuing to age. That plant's as old as that original plant that you started with. So there is age in that plant. Maybe it has changed. Um, It is not genetic drift. That is technically not what genetic drift is, but there is a technical word that will not come to my brain right now. The plants basically do change. They can change over time. Uh, Everything changes over time. That is very possible. That could be happening. So my main three options are going to be, uh, where you cut the clone from, then it's going to be phenotypical change. Then also, uh, it's something with the hormones and changes of the plant. The plant is just evolving. It's getting older. Those all three could be very possible, very likely culprits for what is happening, which you are experiencing in your garden. All right, Brian 420. I think I rambled on long enough about that one. I want to thank you for a great question. Uh, If you've got any more follow-up questions, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, everybody, the email address is heart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy, reach out. I do love the listener interaction. All right, this next message comes from my friend Mud, and it goes a little bit like this. It says, Rasta Jeff, I recently purchased some morning dew reg seeds from Seeds Here Now. Big shout out to our friends at seedsherenow.com. It says, I would like to breed a plant to my chem dog variety to introduce the anti powdery mildew, anti-bud rot properties. To my cam. So, if you've been following uh, my brand or my podcast for a while, you know that my line, Morning Dew, has been uh, discovered that is very uh, resistant to powdery mildew and bud rot. The past couple of outdoor seasons, we've seen a lot of gardens get decimated by powdery mildew and by bud rot. The Morning Dew, we've gotten a lot of reports that it withstood all of those stresses. Plants next to it were getting mildew, plants next to it were getting rot, and the Morning Dew withstood all of the struggles. So our friend Mud here wants to get a quality morning dew male and breed that to his Chemdog varietal female. Now it goes on to say, I know it's your indica. I know it's your version of an indica. I've been following the podcast for a while now, and I haven't heard you speak much about this. Is there a reason why? Um, No, I just don't. uh, Without being prompted, I don't really talk too much about my strains. I've done full strain reports. Uh, I think I've done a full strain report on the morning dew talking about the way it grows, the way it smokes. I'm not sure if we knew about the, uh, resistance to powdery mildew at the time. A lot more people have grown it. Uh, the plant has been, uh, the seeds have been sold. The plant has been experienced more. So I don't know how much of that I talked about in that old episode. Uh, there's no reason I don't talk about the morning dew or that it's being, uh, one of my indicas or anything. It's just, uh, like I said, I don't really talk about the strains without being prompted. You have to ask a question, which you did here. So we will talk about it. Um, And I talked about the Grateful Dog in the last episode. So uh, the Grateful Dog is the, uh, the Morning Dew is the Grateful Dog pollinated by King Solomon. And most of the phenotypes seem to put off a uh, more indica-type quality than the sativa-type qualities. They finish more quickly than most sativas. The buzz is more indica-dominant. Uh, it grows more uh, with the wider leaf type of a structure. Uh, some of the phenotypes do have skinnier leaves, but the plants stay short and squat, and the buds get dense, uh, more more like what we know as an indica, or what I would qualify, classify as an indica. It will get you in your head a little bit when you smoke it, but it's going to be more of that, uh, I'm going to say more of an indica varietal. Uh, then it says, I haven't ever bred before, but I thought this would be a good cross. My cam has almost, uh, Satsuma hazy funk, uh, super triked out and the yields are no problem, but it does have a problem with powdery mildew. Then it goes on to say, my question is two parts. Uh, do you mind if I breed with it? It's for personal. I'm not selling the beans. And then can you give me a breakdown of what type of phenotypes to expect in advance? Uh, you can call me MUD as my friends do. and uh, Thank you in advance. All right, MUD, thank you for the great message. Thank you for the good questions. Let's answer your questions about the morning dew and breeding with it. I feel this way about all of my strains. Any seeds that you buy from me, uh, once you've given me or a vendor or a trader or anybody money for those seeds they are yours. You can do whatever you want with them and I can't be mad about it. You've paid money. My job is to make the seeds, make quality seeds, test them, make sure they're reliable, get them out to you. At that point, basically I got paid. My end of the bargain is up. I make sure you get quality customer service. If you have a problem, if you have an issue, I'm here for that. But Uh, Those seeds are yours. Grow them, have fun, breed with them, Uh, do what you must. You paid your money for them. That's like me telling you, uh, you can't drive your car as fast as you want. Once you bought the car, once you bought the seeds, bro, they're yours. Have a good time. Also be respectful about that. There is kind of a breeder's code of ethics. There is a code of ethics. You notice when I make a cross. I always list the true genetics of what that cross is. I reveal almost everything to you guys. I like to be transparent. I feel like you guys trust me and believe in me because of my transparency. So in return, whenever you put out a seed or whatever you do, whatever you post a picture of it, just maybe put in little parentheses. This is Rasta Jeff's morning due to my, uh, what was it called? Uh, motivation. I think you called it or do it correctly. Uh, when you list genetics, list the ladies first. It's always ladies first. So girl plant X male plant in the parentheses there. But if you ever talk about it, list it, advertise it, promote it. If somebody says, what is that? Just give me a shout out. Give me a fist bump. Give me some credit. Give me some love. That's all I ask for. Uh, you notice when I talk about, um, a lot of strains that I work with, a lot of strains that I breed with, I tell you straight up who they came from, who I got the cuts from. I didn't invent cannabis. I didn't invent seeds Uh, I didn't just fart out a bunch of seeds and start with those. I had to get plants and seeds from other breeders, other people that were putting out quality products, things I enjoyed, trusted, uh, liked, uh, relied on, was impressed by, uh, by breeders that I like. Also, uh, I only work with strains from breeders that I enjoy also. You got to be kind of a cool person. Uh, If I find out that you're not super cool, maybe I'll eliminate your plants from my garden. Uh, Things like that do matter to me at this point, and I've got the opportunity to be very selective and picky at this point also. Uh, But... I ramble on. Uh, My point is, once I've sold you those seeds, dude, you could do whatever you want with them. I appreciate that you like my seed line enough and you trust in what I've said and uh, the reviews and you trust in the product enough that you've chosen to breed that to your seeds uh, to try to make a better product to fix the problem in there. Now you see what I'm saying by uh, saying that King Solomon is the fixer. You're going to use the morning dew to try to be the fixer. You found the recipe to make your pie a little bit better. I am rambling. So, the overall answer to part one of your question is, yes, you do have full permission to breed with the seeds that you get from me. Uh, Just give me me some credit. Give me some respect. Anybody out there, if you breed with my seeds, uh, my plants, my clones, whatever, uh, just show me love. Give me respect. Maybe uh, send me a 10-pack if you can. Not a big deal. Honestly, I don't have a lot of room to run a lot of stuff, but if it's super intriguing, you may see pictures of your cross pop up on my social media, pop up in my crosses in the future. Maybe I'll send you more shit in return. We can establish friendships and relationships like that. I try to get seeds back to the people who give me clones and things. I try to keep the circle going. All right, let me keep going because there is a second part to our buddy Mud's question. It says, uh, could you give me a breakdown of the phenos to expect from the morning dew? <clears throat> Like I said, I've done the full podcast on the morning dew. Uh, If you search uh, the grow from your heart podcast morning dew, there should be a full episode, but we will do a quick phenotype expectation rundown here uh, since you're going to breed with it. Um, There are three main phenotypical categories and I've stopped saying main phenotypes. I'm going to start putting phenotypes into categories because uh, I'm a category kind of guy and it sets a better expectation. You're not looking for this specific plant. I like that you're looking for specific phenotypes, but also I want you to find the one that's good for you. It's like if if I say, I like this phenotype, you may pass on the one that would have been stellar for you because you chose the one that's great for me, and you could add something better. And I, it, I, I always explain it like we went to a restaurant. You narrowed it down that you want Italian food, and we sat at the restaurant, read the menu. I'm going to get something garlicky with white sauce. You might want something with red sauce. The other person might not want any sauce. They might just get buttery pasta. We've all we've all established we want morning dew, but I might want a different phenotype of morning dew than you. You might want the cushy one. I might want the gassy one. Somebody else might want the one with the berry funk at the end of it. So find the phenotype that works best for you is my uh, my bottom line, my best advice. Now, the phenotypical categories, which you can expect from the morning dew, there is the OG Kush Leaner. There's one that has got cushy rocks to it. Uh, that one grows, uh, it's got a stretchier structure and it grows a bunch of rocks. That one is gonna be great. It's gonna be cushy, gassy, mothballs, uh, real pungent. Then there's another which I call the it's the chem leaning phenotype, which you can identify by the acorn style buds. It doesn't grow real long buds, it doesn't grow real chunky rocky buds, but they are shaped like a pine cone. They're just nice perfect triangles and they are all over the plant. That phenotype tends to turn a little bit purple, a little bit silver, a little bit darker colors. Then, of course, there is the arise-dominant phenotype. That is the phenotype that gets spears. That is the one that makes the long spears. So if you've got rocks, it's going to be more cushy. If you've got pine cones, that's more chemi. If you get the spears, that's going to have a lot of arise in it. Now, it sounds like in your situation, you're going to need a male plant. So, I would find a male plant with a nice structure. Just look for the one that is shaped the way you want it to be shaped. You're probably going to get uh, five, maybe a 10 pack of seeds, maybe more than that. But out of the male plants that you get, the first, uh, if you've got a 10 pack, you're probably going to get five males. I would eliminate those first two super hyper vigorous males. Just get rid of them. My reason for that is they're going to add too much to the mix. When we're breeding, most of the time the goal is to kind of combine the two plants and see the representation of both parents in your offspring, unless you're trying to lock down one specific trait. I like to see what the male and the female can do together. If you've got a male plant that is just too dominant in the mix, it will wash out all of the traits of the female, and you're basically reproducing that male plant. So I like to find a male that's not a real meathead, not just real uh, super aggressive, super vigorous, too crazy to flower early, uh, grows real crazy tall. That's not the dude that I would use. If I had five seeds, the third and fourth seeds are probably the candidates. The third and fourth males to show me that they're males Uh, to show their vigor, their aggression, I guess it is. Uh, Those are going to be the two that I start uh, really eyeballing as my males. So find a good male. Find somebody with good structure. Find somebody that flowers at the appropriate time. Find a male that puts out a decent amount of pollen. Uh, Do the stem rub. I like a male plant, so you're going to grow with the morning dew. Look for the one that smells like vomit. I know it sounds crazy, Male plants, when you rub the stem, if it smells like acrid puke, that is always a good trait in a male plant, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. That's from my experience. I love that disgusting, acrid, uh, vomit, puke, bar, trash can, gross smells that always turns into a good male plant that puts out good terps in uh, in its progeny. The offspring will always smell really good if the male plant smells like vomit. So, I would work on finding a good male plant. You're not going to see the bud structure that we see from the females because you're going to be looking for a boy. So find a good shape. Find a good structure. Uh, Find one with big, thick, robust stems that you can work and bend and it doesn't explode when you pop and twist it because you want the progeny to keep that trait as well. Find one that puts out uh, pollen in the right amount of time. If you can, finish this male plant out. See how far they go. Put a few male plants in a room. Isolate them. Let them flower out. See which one you like the best. Do a phenotype just like you do with the females. Look at the bud cluster. Look at the color. Do the, uh, do the male plants put out any color? Are the male flowers turning purple? Uh, do they put out trichomes? Do they smell good when they put out buds? Then uh, do they get deficiencies? Do they handle your feeding well? Do you have any bugs? Do those male plants get beat up by bugs? Uh, Later on in the life of the plant, how bad do those leaves start crinkling up? How long does it last? That's going to tell you a lot about the offspring. What you see in that male plant is 50% of what you're going to see in the offspring. So find a a good combo, a good pairing for your plant that you call motivation. I think that is, uh, it's going to be, so I say this a lot. When it comes to breeding, learn about Mendel charts, learn about alleles, learn about uh, chromosome transfer, learn all of that stuff. Then Forget it all. Look at two plants and say, those are the two plants right there that need to be bred together. Use the grower and breeder intuition. I think that will work great for you. Understand the charts, understand the science, understand the biology, then understand that you've got to grow from your heart, breed with love. That's how I have the greatest success. I draw the charts, I think about the Mendel charts, I really envision it in my head. And then I go, no, you know what? That plant and that plant right there need to make some seeds and it's going to be fucking awesome. Most of the time, I am correct. So uh, develop your intuition. Check out the plants. Like I said, grow from your heart. The bottom line, breed with love. You're making this cross for yourself. You're going to have a lot of seeds to play with. There will be a resistant phenotype within that first mix. You'll find a couple, a bunch, hopefully, in there. You'll find what you're looking for. Uh, Almost no matter which male you select, that trait will pop up. It'll be there. It is in the mix. It's in the gene pool. I do believe you'll find that resistance trait. It could pass on. Um, I think that is all I've got for this episode. Uh, My buddy Mud, uh, thank you for the great message. I have got Primus songs stuck in my head now. Um, Also, I did say there are three categories of phenotypes. I have another note here. There are some weirdos. When you're growing the morning dew, you're going to see some weirdos. Some of them start off kind of strange. Uh, be patient. They grow right out of their weirdness. A lot of those morning dew weirdos, they snap out of it and they turn into beautiful, amazing plants. So if you've got some weird shit happening with your morning dew babies, have no fear. They will grow out of it. Sometimes we just have ugly babies. Not all babies are beautiful. I'm just kidding. You guys, uh, they'll grow right out of it though. All right, that is all I've got for that episode. I think that's our for that message and for this episode. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address, of course, is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Once again, I do love the listener interaction, the comments, corrections, feedback, constructive criticism. It is welcomed. Don't be shy. Also, if you have anything else, check out the website, com. There's a link there for merchandise, the discord tab. Uh, vendors are there. There's a contact tab there where you can click on that, contact me. There's a grow question tab. If you click on that, type in your grow questions. Those go right to my email inbox. It will answer your question here on the show. I look forward to more questions. Load me up. Give me some great content. All right, I think that is all I've got for you. Oh yeah, like and subscribe. This is the part where I ask you to like and subscribe to the show. I'm trying to get the show to 10,000 subscribers before the end of the year. Please click subscribe. If you're listening on an audio server, all you have to do is open up YouTube, type Grow From Your Heart, click subscribe. That's all it takes. You'll be subscribed. Maybe watch the videos. Check out the fancy 4K action I got going on. 4K multi-cam. Got a brand new blue shirt on. Check it out. See what you're missing. Have fun with me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pamps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, Paul and Chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts, amazing cannabis activists out there. I want to thank you once again for listening to episode 698 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I say it all the time. It blows my mind when I talk about 698 episodes. That is amazing to me. Number 700 is coming up. I don't have anything special planned for number 700. Uh high fives and fist bumps all around. However, I do have some things planned for episode number 710. I'm going to do my best to get a very well-known hash maker on the show to answer some hash questions. We'll have some friends from the discord uh, give us some questions. So episode 710 should feature a wonderful, uh, kind of a well-known hash maker in these parts. Uh, If you've been hanging out for a while, you might know who I'm talking about already. Don't want to drop any names because it has not been confirmed. But once I confirm I'll tell you all about who's going to be on the show here for the 710 episode. Uh, We're going to talk about concentrates on 710. If you don't know what 710 is about, you've got 12 episodes. You're going to learn something today. All right, that is all I've got for this episode. I'm going to get out of here before I keep rambling and make this a nine-hour show. Thank you again for listening. Let's give a big shout-out to my buddy Sam Heads. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.